0: Hi, I'm Carla.
1: And I'm Richard. We're the Obies, hosts of the We Do podcast.
0: And co-founders of WeDoRelationships.com.
1: We help people discover the best version of themselves for their significant relationships, even their marriage.
0: Yes, even that. Every week we share insights we've learned over 20 years of helping individuals and couples. We can help you stay motivated and accountable while encouraging you to find lightness and the connection in your life that we're all after.
1: That's right, We do will help you master simple and elegant ways to withstand adversity in your life and encourage you to make it happen.
0: We believe every day is a great day to share and grow. You probably have a relationship that needs some attention, whether at home or at work. Your breakthroughs and tools await you at relationships.com. Let's get to today's episode. Well, hi, sweetie. Hello.
1: How are you? Good.
2: Oh, oh Frank, Frank. right
1: away. My goodness, you're trying to, you thought someone was at the door. Okay, there's our disclaimer. That's Frank. All right, sweetie, I'm really excited about this topic as I am most of our topics, actually all of our topics, but this is about listening, which sometimes I'm not really good at, but. And uh, more specifically, listening, even if you disagree.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: It's a juicy one. It's
0: the best kept secret to healthy, happy couples, I think, is to be able to listen, to understand, even when we disagree. Because I think, yeah, it's so easy to to just want to get our point across and to skip over the most important part which is the understanding of the other person's perspective when we're trying to listen to each other often what happens is one person will try to jump to the persuasion part of the of the discussion to persuade the other person to listen to their perspective and we wait for each other to stop talking so that we can, you know, say our piece and persuade the other person. But when we really invest in trying to understand the the other person, the perspective of the other person first, it it calms things down because then the other person doesn't have to persuade because it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you get it. You totally get it. I don't even have to state my point because you get it. Or you can clarify. No, that's not it. This is it. And, you know, you can speed up the process when it feels like it's slowing it down.
2: So when you're reflecting
1: back, and your the person feels like that they're not trying to persuade,
2: and you're providing a space for them to be heard, that's kind of like the, I would say, the epitome or the zenith of
1: of quality listening, or active listening, or empathic listening.
0: Even intimacy. Yeah. yeah because you that you feel seen by the other person in whatever it is that's important you know in that moment,
1: so like the old German listening tricks that I used to do with you when mm-hmm. we were first getting together, like like that's what's important in the moment, me just repeating the last few words that you said mm-hmm. and acting like I was listening and just kind of somewhat engaged because mm-hmm. i that's that doesn't that didn't work so well,
0: I mean i think even I'm a, much better now. Even a little bit can, can be helpful, right? So if I <laughs> if I know that you're somewhat listening, it can be beneficial. You know, I think whatever we can do to communicate that, even if it is the last three words of what I said, you know. <laughs> it's a starting point. Is that yeah, it's a starting point. I think, you know, there's, I just think about how we, you know, things get in the way of listening um, and I just remember being in my um, getting my master's and being in my internship class, and we were having a disagreement in our class around uh, whether we should read the um, the therapist notes from the previous therapist or not. And I believe that, and I you know was trying to tell my classmates, I think that you know, unconditional positive regard is really essential in the the therapeutic relationship. And if I read somebody else's notes on a particular client, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not coming in there with unconditional positive regard. I'm coming in there with a perspective from somebody else on the person that I'm seeing. And so I was saying, I don't think I should look at the notes. And Most of my class was saying, that's irresponsible. You need to know what you're getting into. You need to know what, you know, in this particular case, I had this client. So I was like convinced by my classmates. Okay, I guess I need to listen to what they're saying. So I read the notes of this client that I was seeing that day. And she, I had never met her before, but she was like 15. She had been kicked out of every single Detention home that she had been in and she was at her last one, the last possible chance for her to to be in an environment, even because she had she had just been kicked out of all of them. So. But the but the therapist, the last part of the notes was that the therapist uh, that she bit the therapist. (laughs) So I walk into my meeting with her, you know, afraid and (laughs) not very open to listening because I'm kind of, you know, looking up for the door and seeing where I, you know, am I safe? And,
2: sharper her teeth. Yeah.
0: I'm a little bit in fight or flight and that's, that gets in the way of listening. And it took me about 20 minutes to settle and really, really listen to her and, and to know she's, she's all alone in the world and she really needed somebody to understand her. And mm-hmm you know, I couldn't, I couldn't have, if I hadn't have read those notes, I might have started with a cleaner slate, you know, to be open to listening.
2: It reminds me of the, of the already listening concept, you know, the
1: when you're, you believe the other person's going to say this because you've heard it before or you're, you're close to them. And as we normally talk about it, someone who's a partner spouse, someone that you're, you you want to have a deeper connection with, your children, uh, your parents, your siblings, your friends, your colleagues, that you have an already listening of what they're going to say. Right. And it's a preemptive kind of mindset that you have, which detaches you from being present and truly getting beyond the auditory and into actually receiving all of the information. Yours was a kind of an implied Uh, Not it was like an explicit, you know, the notes are there saying this is what they this Mm -hmm. person does and this is what they're all about, and the already listening concept might be, you know, this is what they're going to say because they've done this before, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of had that before there. It's a it's a thing. It's kind of like setting the table for for being a good Mm -hmm. a good listener. But why why is this such an important topic? I, I I know that what I've seen is I'm saying the general why I'm not asking why we believe. Because we've talked about it. this is such a a great topic to listen even if you disagree it's because i I personally believe that the benefits of having a good, active listening, conversant listening experience that goes from active to uh, empathic listening and being able to reflect and being able to have the other person feel seen and you actually being connected to them at a deeper level of actually trying to reflect back what you heard um, far outweighs the negativity associated with not being a good listener and actually having your own internal dialogue going on. The problem here, the challenge is, and that's why so many people enter your offices, our offices and our spaces and want to ask questions and, you know, convey their problems is that one or the other believes or sometimes both that the other person is not a very good listener and Mm -hmm. if we could only listen to each other better if we could communicate better and then the root cause the symptoms are where we we have arguments but the root cause might be that we were not listening very well that could be a root cause and we're seeing that over and over and over again the root cause like yes if i could just get that fixed yes if i could get that challenged and we're going to actually go through some examples of how to do it well, but we're having to unlearn a lot of things and redo a lot of tapes in our minds. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that already listening to each other is a thing, especially the longer we're together, the the less good at mind reading we become. I mean, there's research that backs that up When we think, well, we know everything about each other. We've been together forever and, you know, but that gets us into trouble because we, we start off thinking we know what the other person is going to say, or this happens all the time or whatever. I mean, we really don't, it, it it's an obstacle. It gets in the way of what's really needing to be heard and understood. And I think there's a lot of obstacles to listening. And that's why, you know, people complain about their partners not listening because, you know, technology gets in the way um, our own, the chatter in our own mm-hmm. head gets mm-hmm. in the way. Uh, the
1: inner critic like we talked about the last podcast yeah that gets in the way
0: yeah all of the stuff that rattles around in our brain or just the day and the things that we have still to do or you know it's it's hard to find that time and space you know to really allow for clear communication really really listening without distractions I mean let's face it we have we are so pulled on by so many different Forces not just technology, but our own family members. You heard Frank, the dog barking. I mean, somebody wants to go outside, and somebody there's you know somebody's at the door, and there's just all this chatter in our lives. Sometimes it's very hard to overcome all the obstacles. But knowing that, knowing that, okay, if I can really listen to my partner, Mm. and if I can really understand, you know, his perspective, her perspective it's we're gonna be better because of it. We were just talking about you know having having that space when when I felt over the past couple of years there's been just so much grief and loss and I felt so heard and understood and seen by you in the moments of pure devastation where there is no solution to the problem uh and you're in darkness and it's like you were able to just allow me to be in that darkness but you join me there Mm. rather than trying to make me you know look on the bright side or you know
1: snap out
3: of it
0: yeah because like because that wasn't going to happen in many of those those cases where it's tragic loss or you know the loss of an important person in your life it's like to be really heard, understood, listened to, even when you're not saying anything, is a tremendous gift.
2: I love it. I, I I love it. Well, first of all, thank you for mentioning that.
1: But honoring the darkness, wow. I mean, that's a that's not an easy thing for any of us to do. I mean, certainly, you know, conversely, I can think of all the times when you were honoring the darkness where I was in related to situations that were devastating to me you know related to say um work or a change of jobs and roles and things and loss and those type of things where you're you're just in a dark place and actually wanting to solve it where so hard. It's, it's very very hard because yeah, you have, have this you want you want
0: no, in you other words someone that you love to be in pain and that's so hard to sit with them in that place, you want them out of that space, but that's where they are. And trying too hard to get them out of that space feels like you're not listening to me, feels like you're not with me at all. You're trying to drag me out of somewhere, and I'm in it. You don't understand how hard this is. You know, I think that's what, that's when people get to that place of saying you're not listening. It's because it's really hard to be, join someone. In a shitty place. Well, know? it also
1: takes time, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, think about the, the time element associated with it is that we want to solve the problem and not, not because we not just because we, we don't want to have the other person feel hurt because we love them and care for them. But selfishly, we want the best version of that person <laughs> yeah. to be with us to see us, yeah. as opposed to being in the gloom, right? Yeah. We, there's a challenge that people say, "Oh gosh, when someone's in the grief, or like that's a lot of times people, you know, break up mm-hmm. in those type of situations where they've had tragic loss because they they're not they're no longer back to the normalcy of connection and seeing the bright side or or being each other. They don't smile at me anymore. They don't do these type of things and we have to be patient with each other but i mean there are simple tools there are simple ways to actually get to a place where when people come in and they're they're not saying necessarily this broad stroke of i'm in a depressed place or i'm in grief and that person feel it's it's the day-to-day conversations that you know certainly that's the beauty of therapy and coaching is that they can dive into all the aspects of you know, where are the triggers associated with it? Like a maybe, maybe a major loss mm-hmm. or a major transition or a major change. Mm-hmm. But the day-to-day conversation, is like, you know, he doesn't really listen to me. I I had someone come up to me this past week and say, you know, they're they're really not listening to me. And I, I said, because the reason they said that is because I was talking about listening, even if you disagree. And they said, oh my God, if I could just get him to do that. And... Listen to that. Him to do that. All right, and say, well, actually, let's reverse that a little bit. Is that what is your role, and you can model that? It may seem a little bit self-serving at first, but it's okay to model something that's good. I mean, mm-hmm. let's agree with that. Like setting the, yeah, the, the, let's let's set set the table for this. And I just did a simple example of reflecting back what he had said to me. And he didn't even notice it. He went, Oh, wow, you just did that to me. I said, Yes. And I just reflected back what I heard and maybe did a little bit of an editorial based on what that may have made you feel. And I did follow up and say, At the end of it, say, Is that right? Is that correct? Or would you like to
2: adjust that a little bit? Mm-hmm. And so he went, Oh, wow. And so yeah. he went and tried, by the way, he went and tried that with his partner that night and magic
1: happened.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
1: we know this works, we know that, but it's, it's something, there's a lot of stuff we need to unwind. And, and like what I always said, and I said in that same conversation, I said what Carla brings up all the time is to practice when it doesn't count, so you'll be ready when it does. And that's those times when you're maybe not in the best spot, you're, you're flooded, you're those type of things. Yes, you don't want to do it, but in the midst of it, you don't have something that maybe, um, that you can maybe adjust and kick down the road a little bit because you want to be in a better mind space, but you're not going to cause some really impactful hurt Mm -hmm. because you're at least reflecting back what you're,
2: you're hearing.
0: Yeah. Because I think we have to in, in our roles as coach and therapists, it's like we have an advantage because we're not emotionally attached to, I mean, we are to some degree, but not like, you know, partnership or your kids or whatever. It's like the, the emotional elements out of it. So it's easier in some ways for us to listen to other people's stuff and understand it, reflect it back because it's not about us, you yeah, know, yeah. but it helps tremendously for them to hear themselves speak it, but also to hear someone else speak their own, their truth so that they can hear it in in a way that is similar to the way they said it or maybe a little different, but they can correct it if it's if it's off a little bit. But that's basically what we want and need to do in our relationships and our partnerships, and with with our kids, is to. And I think what you're saying about practicing when it doesn't matter. It's like finding those avenues to kind of play with it when we're not emotionally flooded, or when we're looking at, you know, a, another example and trying to figure out, okay, how would we do it if we were in the, their shoes?
1: It goes back to some basic things that. Even Tony Robbins talks about that. What's more important to you, to avoid the pain or to attain the pleasure, the pain and pleasure side of things? The pain is how these bad conversations or these listening experiences are not doing very well, or what's the pleasure of one that can actually create connection? If you looked at the root word origin, like listen is also attune, you know, and if I had to look at levels of listening, it's listening, attunement you know, connection that Mm -hmm. happens, and then intimacy, which occurs out of that connection of being seen and heard, Mm -hmm. and actually being in the same space where your, your spirits or your essence actually connect, there's, Mm -hmm. there's like an overlap of that, those bubbles, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the the, the arches with we do, right? There's a connection, that's that overlap, that's where intimacy and curiosity that come into play. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to be talking about today, as part of this, is examples of how to get to the pleasure side of to get there and to know that the pleasure side is the practicing of actually doing it
3: mm-hmm. and
1: actually providing that but let's go back a, a second on the listening side so if you're listening you're you're thinking okay that's auditory you're 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 hearing somebody speak and on the speaking side it's like you have the talking stick so you have the floor right you You know that the old, the uh, Native American talking stick, when I have the talking stick, then I have the floor and everyone's going to listen. So what is our role then um, as listeners? Our listeners are to provide the space for that person to communicate. And they like that because they're able to be heard. Well, if that's all there was, then everyone would just be spouting off and the next person goes, and then all, all they kind of walk out of the, but whatever space they were in, and then they just go on. And what we're saying is in this particular case is to get to a level that, okay, yes, the talking stick has been handed, but our role is then reflect back. Mm-hmm. Each person would reflect back what they had heard mm-hmm. that person say, and then they really feel seen and, and experienced. And that's, now they're probably more anxious then to listen to the next person so they can reflect. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's, a, there's a place where that I think goes from listening to attunement, to yeah. connection, to intimacy in that group, Or those two people, at least, in a scenario of the one-on-one, which is mostly what we're talking about, there's that intimacy that happens.
0: I think that the attunement part is such an essential part because it's you're attuning with your partner. But first, you really have to, you know, create that space within yourself where you're, you know, in attunement yourself. You know, like grounded in this space, ready to listen and and open to listen, being in, you know, not being in a place of overwhelm. And it's kind of like, well, how do you, how do you find those, those, those moments in time to, to talk about it? But I think that, you know, as you were saying earlier, it's like this, just the regular stuff of life, where we can practice it, when it's not a big deal. So that when these heavier things happen, we can carve out more of a space to listen and to be in tune with our With our own selves, like where's my capacity to really dive into this deeper topic? Is it available to me now, or is it something that you know, you know? I know this is important, and let's let's give it the time and space that it deserves to really be heard and understood and listened.
1: This topic requires practice for sure, Mm -hmm. and putting ourselves in a place where the greatest potential for us to actually learn and utilize these tools, and come back to it when we're at a higher stress level, because normally what happens when you're learning something, and there's a high stress level, you go back to what you had done the most of in your life, right? You just, mm-hmm. it blurts out, gosh, I thought I learned that. No, because in stressful situations, you went back to your default, which is what you've done over and over and over again, mm-hmm. which is maybe when you hear something, you want to solve their problem you know, over and over, because that's what you've done as a, like even a child, you've grown up, you want to solve the problem, solve the problem, solve the problem. Or you want to make your partner feel better, feel better, feel better. And to hang out in the darkness is not a natural thing. Mm-hmm. To reflect back what you're hearing, even though it may be dark and you want to solve it, it's not a natural thing. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to figure out is to seek to understand
3: mm-hmm. the
1: meaning and intent behind the words of, what, of why that's necessarily important mm-hmm. to them. And that's Mm -hmm. when a person is seeing because they're seeing my intent and meaning behind these things. Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to manipulate. We're trying to understand. We're trying to reflect. Reflection Mm -hmm. is different than manipulate. You're trying, you're just reflecting what you heard. Mm -hmm. And so we would do that. We did that in front of our retreats in in some situations. And we, you could do that with any type of a clip. And we'll do a few of these uh, coming up where we'll actually have an audio clip and then we'll actually reflect back each. we'll, We'll take a part. You'll take a part and I'll take a part and we'll reflect back what we heard and then maybe some ideas related to tone and tenor and why it's important and those type of things. So why don't we get into some of the actual examples and let's go to example number one. Okay. So that was the sound of the, what did,
2: what did you think it was before (laughs) I say what it was?
0: Well, I felt when I heard that sound, I felt a little bit first. I felt, I felt kind of nervous and then, and then it, it kind of changed into excitement.
2: So what I'm hearing you say is that when you heard the sound, you Or you felt a little bit nervous about it and then it turned into some excitement Mm -hmm. for you yeah you Mm -hmm. got it all right how about you so when i first heard it i was like i think of like the prayer i always say
1: when i'm taking off which is you know i say a hail mary and then i think if i Pass away. I hope my family's okay. So that's that's the mm-hmm. the emotion that came up. I always do that at every every flight. So mm-hmm. you know that's kind of morbid, but that's what I thought about. And I also, like you, I transitioned to, you know, going towards some ad- adventure
0: is what I. Thought. Mm-hmm. So the sound when you first heard the sound, you knew immediately that it was an airplane,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you also, you. Were reminded of being on a plane yourself, and the prayer that you always say, for you, you know, the Hail Mary, and but also with that prayer to keep your family safe, and then it sort of transitioned into excitement for an adventure or something.
2: Yes. All right. So that's an example of us hearing the
1: airplane. Let's go on to example number two. <laughs> That sounded a little bit like me. So I'll start. That sounded like we me messing with the, the kids. I thought of all the times that I've messed with the kids about either tickling them or, you know, messing with them like I'm going to get them. And I also think of my dad making that sound uh, when I was little, a sound like that and the connection to it and all the fun Saturday morning cartoons that are kind of conjured up when I, when I heard
0: that. Mm. So it sounds like those sound, that sound for you kind of rang some bells inside of you for you as a dad and you as a kid with your dad, both, both of those things kind of were lit up within you in terms of hearing that, that voice and, was there something else that I missed? Yeah, it?
2: there was one other thing. It was the the cartoons. I thought of like, you know, oh. Scooby-Doo and,
1: you know, mm. the Mystery Machine and, you know, always mm. the, the villains who would kind of laugh like that. They were kind of scary, but not real, real scary because mm-hmm. it was that age of the audience that kind of thing. Mm. That's what
0: was going on there. So it was also, you remembered the cartoons in general, like a bunch of cartoons from growing up and yeah. the villains and yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. How about you?
0: Uh made me laugh when I heard it because it reminded me of the goofy movie, and it also reminded me of um you messing with the kids and <laughs> that voice that you used to uh or still do um yeah, it just it made me laugh it's it, it was like he was trying to be scary, but he was really funny yeah.
1: so it first of all made you made you laugh she got a little chuckle. Mm-hmm. And then you thought of the Goofy movie, which is one of our, our favorites. And then mm-hmm. you thought about me messing with the kids. So we mm-hmm. kind of have a similar kind of a stimulus there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then it kind of, you know, chuckled. What else? Did I, what did I miss?
3: That's a, that pretty that's good. good. Yeah. yeah. I think you heard me.
2: Yeah. Felt hurt. I kind of want to play it again, just because <laughs> I like to hear it. Let's go on to example number three.
0: For me I felt when I heard that those sounds it I got a frustrated feeling like a chaotic mm. like I'm in a, in chaos there's like so many things going on and I can't really pay attention to one thing it's just there's too much going on for me
1: <laughs> whoa so what the people of the audience maybe couldn't see was you're kind of like a frustrated face you just made about that made you feel a little uncomfortable and. You know, you didn't know what was going on, and then mm-hmm. it, it frustrated
2: you a little bit. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what else?
0: Yeah. I mean? And yeah, it just gave me a chaotic mm. kind of feeling like there's too much stimulus in this in the sounds. And I just imagined all the like people kind of in a hurry or something. Oh, wow. Well, what about you?
2: Well, I, when I first heard it, I, I thought of, I'm not a, I'm,
1: I think I have a little bit of an auditory listening problem where background noise um, affects my hearing. And that's mm-hmm. been proven th- through tests. And And I thought immediately about not being able to hear very well and I better move in closer to mm-hmm. people. That's what I, I thought of. If I'm at a bar or mm-hmm. someplace, I just, Oh boy, when that sounds on, I'm not, I better somehow, I feel like I need to have like one of those little old fashioned horns where I stick my, what oh, was that again? Go do you mind saying that repeating it? And then the the second thing is I, I thought about like different events and what came to event was your mom's memorial to me. Mm. I thought of your mom's memorial. I thought of all the conversations that were going on and observing them all at one time. And it sounded like that space
3: Mm.
1: when we weren't doing some type of a function or, or talk, it it was kind of like the, that was the sound that I would hear because it wasn't, you know, overly joyous, but it also wasn't somber. It was just kind of a bunch of conversations. That's what I,
0: Okay, so what I'm understanding about what you heard or felt when you heard that was that it you almost like started to feel like you needed to listen up because mm-hmm. because that that background noise always kind of messes with your hearing a little bit and it almost makes you have to like try harder to to hear what's happening so there was that part of it and then the other part that I'm understanding is a reminder of um, my mom's memorial and just all different people talking and just the kind of that ambient noise of everybody just you know whether it's at the cottage or wherever we were in a space where lots of people were talking yes that? Yeah,
2: you nailed it and I think if
1: I hear that sound again, I'm going to be right back in those places because it kind of locked in
0: mm.
1: what, what I heard based mm-hmm. on you reflecting back to me, what my, back to what you were talking about earlier, but back to what that truth was mm. about you know what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a, as we, and hopefully everyone you know can use those in examples like that. Sometimes they could listen to something like on a movie clip or mm-hmm. they can just do a sound. The point is, if they want to, which I think this is even better, actually. Mm -hmm. I like this. You just came Mm -hmm. up with this on the fly, and I think it's brilliant. Somebody give you a little bit of kudos there. I love it. Is that playing a sound and then reflecting what you heard and then reflecting back what the other person is saying.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think with us talking about this, it set the groundwork
3: Mm -hmm. for
1: us being able to listen well, Mm -hmm. right? you talk about the desire to you, talk a little bit more about that, the, you know, kind of setting the the table for good, good listening and good conversation around listening.
0: Well, I mean, I think if you, if we as partners know the value of that, of listening and, and communicating what we understand, even if, even if we disagree with it, even if we think it's way off the wall, that ability to just hang out in each other's space and communicate what we heard what we understood about what they were feeling because as you and i just were doing this like the same sound elicited something different in you and i you know there were similarities but there was also like you know some things that um might trigger different things in each of us and it's just like all the things in our life whether it's how we put the dishes away in the dishwasher or how we you know talk to our kids or whatever it's like Everything can have its nuances and its differences, but if we have this practice, if we have this ability to, you know, prompt, like it's almost like an unspoken vow that we're going to listen to each other and we're going to, we're going to, even if it's hard, even if it's a difficult time to be in each other's space because of darkness or grief or turmoil or whatever it may be, um, we can hold a space for each other and listen when, you know, when the time is right. And that's why I think knowing where we are, respecting where we are and kind of knowing that I can do this now. I, I can, I can spend this time with you. I can, you know, practice listening. I think the practice part of it is so it's kind of playful and fun um, to be able to do this as a practice but it's really about the muscle, the listening muscle that we are exercising so that it will be stronger to be able to just be more of a reflex, to be to be able to listen to each other, you know, more deeply.
2: Well, I enjoyed listening with you today. But really, I, I I did. And I love that idea of, you know, good intent. It's like yeah. walking into a room with your own, you know
1: entry music you're going to feel more confident if you think of that like mm-hmm. when you're walking in you're like you've got this music just like you're going to go into these conversations you're going to you're going to go in with positive intent and positive expectations about yeah. a good conversation the things it changes
2: for the better
0: mm-hmm. it's worth it i think it's so worth it to uh, you know seek seek to understand um, not only to be understood, but, you know, as, as a couple, when we seek to understand, um, we can hopefully be confident in time that we will also be understood. And with that example that we give to each other, you know, like um, practicing, like just giving it to our partner when they need it, but also receiving it when we need it and allowing our partner to to be there for us and listen to us too. Until next time. Take good care. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by WeDoRelationships.com.
1: Now let's make a difference in our relationship with ourselves and others to flourish in today's world. Please share what you learned.
0: Great job. You're taking the time to honor and explore your relationships. We know it's not easy in our busy lives, but it's worth it. You're worth it those you love will notice.